I still think Joshua Moore, the wide receiver, will have a big game at some point. He's at 3,600. And the big game he did have. Two touchdown grabs from the Texas receiver last week. He wasn't in my lineup, of course. I played my guy from Louisville. Not so great. But uh, we move on. I still agree with the logic to get to that selection. So that's the important part. And I do it again. So there, first, this is Swipe Art Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, episode 60. We're going to get into CFB DFS week seven day board. Just day board only this week. Um, timing didn't really work out with recording a night contest just because they haven't released it yet. I'm recording this on a Wednesday and I'm heading to Nashville tomorrow for a bachelor party. So um, maybe tweet some stuff out about that, but no uh, full formal content. So there it is. Um, let's just jump into the 12 game board for Saturday afternoon. Here it is. Okay, welcome in one and all week seven 12 game board. Let's get into it. It is first game Miami at UNC. UNC minus seven over under 62 and a half. And just to reiterate uh, to anyone listening for the first time, I don't, I'm not going to talk about, you know, Sam Howell and Josh Downs a lot. We know we want to play those guys. I'm trying to look for value targets. Um, to get to be able to afford those guys. That's kind of my focus here. And kind of now where we're at in week seven, some more teams are established where we're at. I don't need to spend a lot of time going over teams like Michigan State. We can know who their main guys are to target. So uh, try to move through this rather quickly and uh, tell you what my thoughts are. So there, back to UNC and Miami. Uh, Miami on their side, we have a new QB1, Tyler Van Dyke at 6,900. He had two touchdowns in their game against Virginia. Um, I think a couple, it was on a weeknight maybe, a Thursday night game, a Friday night game a couple weeks ago. Um, played much better in that second half. He's at 6,900. I think he's an interesting pay down option in a really soft matchup with UNC, who just been really bad defensively. He's been really bad kind of overall in general, uh, according to their expectations we're coming into this season. So just lost to Florida State. Ouch. So um, I think he's someone who's interesting. Charleston Rambo is probably their wide receiver one at 6,100. I think that's a solid value. And also Cameron Harris at 6,400, their number one running back. I think these guys have a nice matchup here. And um, they're fairly priced, but I think they have a little bit more upside. And I'm definitely interested in potentially putting Van Dyke as my top pay down option at quarterback. Uh, on the UNC side, we know their guys, the big three, uh, Sam Howell. Josh Downs, Ty Jordan is, is the running back there, the transfer from Tennessee. Those guys you want to target, they're priced accordingly. Uh, one guy I did want to talk about specifically in terms of anyone emerging as kind of a second option in the pass game, or maybe just kind of a security blanket, is CMP candidate, contest minimum price, tight end Kamari Morales, second on the team with 16 catches, TDs in each of the last four games. That's also second on the team, four total touchdowns for him in the season. Hey, 3K, um, you could do a lot worse, and you know I love to make my uh, my 3K selection to start my lineups off with maybe one, maybe two, depending on um, how, you know, matchups and, you know, what kind of offense they're in. I, I think getting, you know, two, three grabs from these guys is, is pretty safe, and then, you know, maybe that touch on upside with a guy like Morales, 
someone to consider if you're into that. So that's my thoughts there. Let's move on to Oak State at Texas. Texas minus five and a half over under of 60. We have a vintage Mike Gundy offense here. It's basically ran through uh, two guys. They have their big three. Spencer Sanders at quarterback. Um, or last year, I should say, in 2020, it was Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, the receiver. In 2021, it's basically you have Sanders back quarterback. Now it's Jalen Warren basically getting like 30, 40 touches a game at running back. And then uh, Tay Martin takes on the Tylen Wallace role. I think they're all fairly priced. Um, if you want to look at secondary options, Brennan Presley and Rashad Owens are kind of the secondary receivers in this offense that are going to be very touchdown dependent week to week. But that's really all there is on the Oak State side. Other than that, uh, 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 on the Texas side, um, other than blowing an 18-point second-half lead last week in the Red River Showdown, the big news is Jordan Winnington is out with an injury indefinitely. Um, you saw my guy, Joshua Moore, talked about it on the open there. Uh, he had a little mini breakout with four catches, 70 yards, and two touchdown grabs. I think he's going to be interesting, probably more, see more of an expanded role with um, Winnington out now. Xavier Worthy looks to be the clear um, number one. I thought it was more maybe some, more so Winnington, but Worthy's just having another huge game last week against the Sooners, so um, he's fairly priced. The one other guy I want to talk about was um, CMP candidate, wide receiver Marcus Washington. They already listed him as a starter heading into this game. Um, he was targeted twice in last week's game, did not record a catch, but was targeted. So he is on the field, should be on the field more now with Whittington gone. So could do worse at 3K, should be a lot of scoring in this game, someone to consider there. Let's move on to Pitt at Virginia Tech. Pitt is minus five over under of 58. I think for the running back position with Pitt, Israel Abednikanda is the greater of the two with Vincent Davis. Price more too is 5,600 compared to 5,000 Vincent Davis. Um, yard per touch so far this season, it is 5.1 compared to 4.1 to Davis's 4.1 for Israel Abikanda. He's the bigger back, 5'11", 216 pounds. I think more goal line work is going to go towards him. I think he'll believe. I believe he'll emerge as like a more clear lead back. You know, 60-40, maybe 70-30 in terms of the ratio and touches there. So I I do think he's a pretty solid value at 5600 at the running back position where it can be hard to find. Um, good pay down options week to week. I think a lot harder than it is at receiver or tight end. Uh, speaking of tight ends, Lucas Crawl at 3,800. Five touchdowns on the season. That's second on the team. Um, it's the first time Kenny Pickett has really had a, a tight end to speak of that's been worth um, as, a, as a receiver. So um, he's someone that's that's been interesting. I think he transferred from Florida. So he's a big, big guy. like to use him in the red zone. Someone to consider he's at 3,800. Also, secondary receiver to... Um, Jordan Addison, Taser Mack is a pretty solid value at 5,400. Solid floor, solid price, um, decent upside too. He's coming off a 5-121-1 line last week. On the other side, um, thoughts kind of remain unchanged on Virginia Tech. It's kind of Trey Turner, receiver, 5K, or kind of out. Uh, just shaky quarterback play kind of limits the ceiling on this offense overall, and I don't really want to spend my money on it. So I'll look elsewhere. On to the next game, Florida at LSU. Florida minus 10.5, over under of 59. Florida's back to playing uh, two QB sets. Saw um, Anthony Richardson in on a first half on a few series there. So, look, I'm not messing with it, and I'm not paying for Jacob Copeland at wide receiver 7,500. Uh, just too much volatility at the quarterback position in terms of rotations, and don't know how that's going to work out in the passing game. 
Uh, make sure to check running back Malik Davis's status. He sat out last week. If he or Damian Pierce were to sit out, uh, Nate Quan Wright has a role in this offense, and he's been performing well when he's getting the opportunities. Uh, he's probably one of the better receivers out of the three running backs. Also, CMP candidate, minimum price 3K. He should not be 3K still. I mean, he's done enough in recent weeks that you know he's going to have at least, you know, two, three, four series, even with those guys healthy. But if one of them were to sit out, which Malik Davis did last week, um, definitely someone to consider him at that minimum price at the running back position, which is rare to find. Uh, on the LSU side, what to do here um, is the big question with now star receiver Kayshawn Boutte out for season. Uh, terrible to see that. One of the probably the top two or three receivers in the country. And I, I don't necessarily have a strong opinion on what to do. Um, one, one freshman that did kind of pop last week, another CMP candidate, contest minimum price, um, had like an acrobatic touchdown overall finish with three catches, 66 yards, and that one touchdown last week was Malik Neighbors. Um, he's been injured to start the season, so hasn't really got playing time, but they've been working him back. And I think that was his first action last week. So, I mean, he'll probably see an expanded role. Uh, the other freshman, Deion Smith at 3,100. I, I bet he had a big game a few weeks ago in one of their um, non-conference games. He'll probably step up and, and have a bigger role as well and be on the field. Check Trey Palmer's status. I think he might be my favorite uh, guy to, to be the most productive if he plays. I don't think he played last week, but uh, he was slated to be their starter from the beginning alongside Boutte. So I think he might be the logical choice to be the most productive. And then you have Jack Beach, who's at 5,500. He's the other logical choice as well, but who knows how these rotations are going to work out. If, if I'm playing this game, I'm probably just going to pay for the cheaper option with Neighbors or Deion Smith just because I feel like I'm taking less of a risk, obviously, by not spending as much money. So um, it might be something to avoid altogether anyway, but if I am playing it, I'll play the cheaper options. Um, we saw running back Tyrion Davis-Price last week. He popped off with 22, 147, and two touchdowns. He's at 4,400. I think we're finally getting some clarity. I think that's the good news. The bad news is I'm not sure if it's going to be a good matchup this week against Florida, um, but could do a lot worse at 4,400 if we know a guy's going to have volume around, you know, 15, 20 touches. You at least um, have that luxury of, of, of having at that running back position hard to find at that price. That is all for LSU in Florida. On to UCF at Cincy. Cincy minus 21 over under 58 and a half. So we're kind of having a lost season now for Central Florida uh, with injuries. Uh, Dylan Gabriel going out. We saw Jalen Robinson, their stud receiver. He's been out. Isaiah Bowser, their transfer from Northwestern, that running back was really good in week one, um, out as well. I don't know what his status will be for this week, but um, the ceiling's really limited now and much been lower without Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm kind of out. Um, this is going to be a tough matchup as is, even with their guys healthy against Cincy's defense. So uh, we're not going to play any of the Knights this week. Uh, on the other side, we have our big three with the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's Ritter at quarterback, Jerome Ford at running back, and then uh, Alec Pierce has emerged as the clear number one target. I think they're all fairly priced. I'll probably have Jerome Ford everywhere. I just He checks all those boxes that, on paper that I love. He has the matchup. He has the role. A positive game script for running. I, I just I love everything about him this week, and I think he's worth every penny. I think about 7,200. Kind of waiting for Titan Josh Wiley to have a, a bigger game. He's at 3,500 still, so might be some value there. And uh, but it has been fellow tight end 
Uh, Leonard Taylor with 470 and one against Notre Dame, which was one of their only games that kind of have normal game flow this season. Uh, he's at 3,200, and he has uh, he's been the more productive tight end of the two this year. So uh, someone to consider a tight end position there for the for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Let's move on to the next game. It is Texas A&M at Missouri. Texas A&M minus nine over under of 60 and a half. And just when I said I can't do it with this AM offense, I'm out in Calzada, this guy stinks. Um, obviously, we all know pretty much had the game of his life um, last week. And uh, look, is it a turning point for him in, in this offense, or is it you know a sign of things to come, or is it just maybe this crazy flukish performance? Uh, well, they have the best matchup for it to continue. That's for sure against Missouri. Um, this is a nice soft matchup for this offense. You got great prices on Calzada. Spiller and Anaya Smith. They really haven't adjusted after that game on those guys. I think that's kind of an error because this is a much friendlier matchup. So, hey, if, if Calzada wants to keep it going, this is the right week. Um, I'm not so sure. I was kind of looking at potentially start, starting him at my quarterback position or like Tyler Van Dyke. I don't know. I'm still a little reluctant uh, to, to buy in. If, if they do it again against Missouri, I'll, I'll, I'll be a lot, feel a lot better about this offense and the ceiling on it overall, but might wait another week. We'll see. Haven't decided yet. It's Wednesday, so um, still got some time here. But um, yeah, also tight end Jaden Watermeyer. Uh, he had a nice game last week, three seventy-three and one. He's at thirty-nine hundred. Still got a value there. And then CMP candidate Demond Demas. He's had two catches in three of four games, three of the past four games. So someone to consider. He's you know super hyped, a big recruit for them, five star. There's been so much talk about him. So I'm sure at some point he'll break out with a huge game. Who knows when it'll happen, but. At 3K, definitely something to consider. You know he's going to be on the field in some form. On the other side, it is Tyler Beatty or bust for me. Maybe Kiki Chisholm, wide receiver at 5K, maybe. But um, this AM defense is still fairly stout, and uh, I don't know that I really want any interest in anyone else except Beatty for Missouri. Gets all the volume in the world, so I still think he can have a big game against AM here, of course. And then that's it for that. It's on to Nebraska at Minnesota, the game everyone's been waiting for. Um, small 10 is back. So on the Husker side, I think they're fairly priced. Probably looking elsewhere with the low total. Uh, Ramir Johnson had a really nice game last week against Michigan, but he's up to like 5,500, which I think is the right price. Minnesota's actually been pretty good against the run at, overall. So I, I think I'm just maybe looking elsewhere, um, like maybe this Minnesota team. So we know Mo Ibrahim out early on the season. Now Trey Potts, their second running back, out for season. That leaves Marquise Irving, their true freshman, at 3,900. I think I might be in on this and willing to speculate. P.J. Fleck already said they're going to play um, a committee, but I now don't know how much I buy that. Right when um, Ibrahim went out, Potts became you know workhorse, monster role, tons of volume, getting 25 around 30 carry, thirty touches a game. So I think they like having kind of a workhorse type of role in that running back position. At least that's what they've done for the last two guys. So Irving is definitely a guy I think is going to get the first crack. He's one of the bigger recruits they've gotten there. He's a four-star guy. And, um, yeah, I'm willing to speculate here at the low price that he's going to be in line for 20, 25 touches in a pretty good matchup with Nebraska's defense. So, um, hey, if you could do a lot worse, like I said, been saying at running back, uh, to pay down, it's a tough position to pay down at, but when there's candidates like this, I definitely piece my interest. So 
someone to consider there. I'm willing to gamble and say he gets 20, 25 touches in this game. Marquis Irving. That's pretty much it. Uh, let's go on to BYU at Baylor. BYU minus six over under 50. BYU kind of has their established um, big three at quarterback, running back, and their wide receiver, Gunnar Romney. I do think he's a little bit low priced at 5,900. Really solid you know, price, floor, ceiling candidate. Four catches in each of the last four games. Um, so I, I would consider him as you know kind of that middling wide receiver that could be a big blow up spot uh, where, you know, like we talk about, as these prices stiffen up in the middle of the year, um, it's harder to find guys at, you know, 3K range, 4K range. It's almost like you need the guys like Gunnar Romney in that 5,900 or in the mid 5K range to like hit on those guys. Or like the Jackson Smith, the Jigba last week at 5,300 or the Ja'Cory Robersons. I think Romney's the type of guy this week that could be that candidate. So um, I think he's a good price. I think he should be higher, probably closer to 65, maybe in 7K, depending on the matchup. Um, yeah, and we know the rest of the BYU offense, pretty much quarterback and Tylen Algier, they're running back, and they're all fairly priced. So do what you want to do there. On to the Baylor side, uh, Jerry Bohannon throwing for four touchdowns, also rushed for one, put up 45 in West Virginia. When I thought West Virginia had um, good upside, I didn't really, wasn't really bought in on Baylor at all last week. They blew up. Uh, he's sitting at 6,300. If you like him, that's still a pretty good price for a quarterback. Wide receiver Tyquan Thornton last week, also monster game. Eight for 187 and two in that game against West Virginia. And I was kind of last year trying to figure out when they had Charlie Brewer, who's going to be this top wideout to replace Denzel Mims, who's now with the Jets, who was that clear number one a couple of years ago. Got tons of volume and nothing really emerge I, I my guy i thought was taekwon thorne i thought he would be the guy but there was so many so much volatility with covid last year and guys sitting out left and right no one ever really emerged as a as a you know, top receiving threat or just kind of like a, a guy who could really be leaned on as a number one receiver by their quarterback charlie brewer so maybe bohannon and thorne now um connecting here as as a clear number one top option for him so someone to consider there. He's at 5,200 still. That could be a nice price. Him and Gunnar Romney, maybe those profiles in that mid-tier range to have big games, get you value there. Other guy I want to talk about was wide receiver Drew Estrada. Ten catches the last two games. He's at 3,100. He's an Ivy League standout transfer from Dartmouth. Um, he was committed by a ton of Power 5 programs, ended up landing at Baylor, and maybe he's emerging as kind of a security blanket for Bohannon in this offense with those 10 catches over the last two weeks. I think he's a big steal at 3,100. He's someone I might be starting a lot of my lineups out with. Um, running back position, just kind of volatile um, with Ebner and uh, the other guy I can't think of is Abram Smith, maybe? Um, anyway, it's it just the, the usage is very volatile. The, the way they do goal line work, I, I don't really trust it. So um, I'm out on those running backs. Let's move on to the next game. It is Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas minus three and a half over under 53 and a half. It's probably Tank Bigsby at running back or bust for me on this Auburn offense. I don't trust Bo Nix. There's been rumblings about uh, TJ Finley potentially replacing him. So I think they're in a tough spot anyway on the road against a team that's been pretty tough defensively against weaker, you know, bad quarterback play ones. Obviously not last week in that crazy shootout with Matt Corral. But um, I think against the more weaker teams with like shaky quarterback play. I think they're going to be really tough on them. And I think it's a tough place to play so far. 
um, at Arkansas Stadium. So um, maybe consider Kobe Hudson at 3,400 as a receiver for Auburn. Leads teams in, in yards, second in receptions, at least four grabs in the last three of the last four games. Um, maybe, but I don't know. I think there's just other places where other, other offenses I like better to invest in. So let's talk about Arkansas. Um, probably never going to see production like we did last week in that crazy game, like I mentioned. Uh, KJ Jefferson had a, a monster game. I think he had six total touchdowns. Uh, he's still at, I think, 7,500, which not a bad uh, price for him. He, he has that dual threat rushing stats upside. So he's someone definitely who, who I like um, as a pay down option at quarterback. And then their other um, probably only playable option in this offense right now for me is uh, Traylon Burks at receiver. He's a stud. He had another monster game again when I think he was even questionable to play and still showed up and showed out. So I like this matchup for Arkansas this week, and you can play those two guys for sure. I think the biggest surprise, other than just that game in general um, and, and the way it finished and everything, I think the biggest surprise statistically was um, freshman running back Raheem Sanders for Arkansas out-touched Traylon Smith 20-12, and he came down with a line of 17 carries for 139 yards and also caught three passes. I'm not sure what to make of that. I don't know that Traylon Smith uh, was hurt at all. I haven't read anything that he was, um, so it's just kind of surprising to see that show up in the box score. Um, and something to keep in mind, maybe they're trying to work this guy into a rotation. And um, it's just it's a little, little tough to pay for Smith when you, when you see that. So something to keep in mind there. Let's move on to a more established um, game here, a more established pecking order. MSU at Indiana. MSU, my Spartans, minus 4.5, over under 51.5. I was kind of uh, saying, hey, tread lightly against Rutgers. Kind of a, you know... Stingy defense, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, obviously, Jalen Naylor <laughs> blew up. Huge game for him. Um, they were just kind of working out that cornerback on the right side with Naylor all day long. I think he three huge touchdowns, uh, over 200 yards, which is even crazy. And then uh, Kenneth Walker, you know, hey, maybe be a little you know, hesitant on him. Um, <laughs> he gets the longest play in school history, 96, 96-yard run or 94, whatever. Um, anyway. Huge day for these guys again. Um, they just keep kind of coming through these big performances, and oddly enough, they're kind of their prices went down this week. I don't know what that means, um, but I think Jaden Reed at 6,300 is probably my favorite price floor ceiling combination on the board. Um, he shouldn't be below 7K probably in any matchup moving forward against, unless it's against maybe Penn State or Ohio State. A Walker at 67. You know, he's a guy who could be the best back on the board. Um, he's been just having monster games, and at this point, I don't know why, what would stop him. Um, Indiana hasn't been anything special defensively, so yeah, I mean, consider these guys this week for sure. I, I, I'm going to try to have Reed, I think, everywhere, and then Naylor's price now up to 6,200, and it's probably going to stick there because um, he's just been having, continue to have, you know, nice statistical games, and, and even when Reed's the Number one option, Naylor's still coming away with um, a decent secondary line week to week. So those are the big three. Um, and then Peyton Thorne at quarterback. They're all priced, actually, I think I think a little bit below where they should be this week. So uh, maybe take advantage. On the Indiana side, no Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. Only playable options at this point are wide receiver Ty Fryer-Fogel and tight end Peyton Hendershot. Um, I still think they can be productive, but quarterback play, I think it's Jack Tuttle. Um probably a wait and see for me so that's it for indiana let's go on to kentucky at georgia this should probably be quick georgia's minus 24 over under 44 and a half 
Needless to say, we are out on the Wildcats. Georgia is just claiming victim after victim defensively, and um, Kentucky's already somewhat of a limited upside offense. You know, they, they got kind of a dual threat quarterback with Will Levis, and yeah, they're, they're just okay to begin with against this Georgia defense. I'm uh, I'm going to look out sore, let's just say. On the Georgia side, uh, running back Zamir White, I think his price is reasonable enough. I might consider him. He had the lion's share of the carries last week, so that was nice to see. But I don't know. I really still don't trust the usage with him and James Cook. I'd probably look elsewhere, especially if I got like Kenneth Walker sitting at 6,700. Um, be sure to check their status of wide receiver Jermaine Burton. Uh, he did not play last week. Also, QB JT Daniels pretty much has a questionable tag every week for the rest of his life. Um, check to see if him or Stenson Bennett. I think um, either of those guys, whoever starts, has a decent price on them for the for the week. And then um, with Stenson Bennett, the last two starts, it's been Lad McConkey, the freshman receiver. He's had nine catches, 197 yards, two touchdowns in Bennett's two starts. So uh, he's at 3,600. Someone to consider. The other guys are uh, would be Kyrus Jackson at 3,900 and freshman Adonai Mitchell at 3,400. I think any of these guys could have big games in this matchup, especially if Burton doesn't play. So, um, yeah, that's the Georgia, the story of the Georgia offense. And let's get out of this game and go to last, but probably also, yes, least. Um, it is Purdue at Iowa. We'll be looking to set football back two generations. Iowa minus 12 over under of 53, of 43, sorry. Um, we'll keep it very simple here for the last game. The only playable options on both teams are Purdue running back King Drew, Purdue wide receiver David Bell, and Iowa running back Tyler Goodson. That's it. Don't bother with this game. Um, it's just super low scoring, and the only guys you can kind of worth investing in in these types of games are the guys we know are going to get guaranteed volume because even with low scores and a lot fewer touchdowns, they still have the touches where they can get you know just value with the yardage potentially. So, um, yeah, it just there's better offenses, better better games to target, obviously, and we talked about them. So uh, that is it. That is the board. You did it. I did it. We did it. And we're on to NFL, and I'll try to tweet out something about the night board. So check that out on Real Bobby Hancock. Good luck, everybody. All right, it's week six in the NFL. We're into October. As always, bringing my, uh, my good friend, guest, my expert guest, the doctor. Uh, things have been turned around a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, how you feeling? Uh, hey, two winning weeks in a row. Um, I think at week, uh, start of week five, we said it was gonna, it's gonna be a process. We had chip away and start of week four that is we gonna start chipping away and you know we're doing it it's gonna take some time keep keep, keep chopping keep, keep chopping, chopping. That, that, that's there we go keep chopping. chopping yeah well for me uh, you know uh i was four and one have four wins in the last four weeks so um i was one three and one last week <laughs> One three one last week, um, you know, pretty close on on most of them, but I just didn't land my way. Uh, season eight sixteen one, 
It's tough. But now uh, you are, after going six and three in one the last two weeks, you're now tied with me at eight, 16 and one. That was really quick. So um, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the board overall for the NFL trends. Uh, last week, the f- favorites went eight, six and one. That was their first winning week. They're now at 33, 45 and one on the season. Home road teams, uh, home or home teams with six, eight, one. Uh, they have lost every week. Uh, the home home teams against the spread. They're now 33, 45 and one as well. And the season home favorites also had not had any winning weeks. Uh, home favorites are now 19, 31 on the season. Home dogs went one, three and one. They're at an even 14, 14 and one. And that one push was uh, our Green Bay Cincinnati bet that we both were on opposite Ooh. sides of. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bob. Yeah. Is your connection all right? Uh, can you hear I me just okay? Heard, I can now. Yeah, I just heard something kind of go. So and I, I, it usually means like something's like going out but i hear you fine right now okay let's let's keep it going then um you were you were pretty good through most of that there were a couple spots where it was like slow talk but i think we should be good okay okay um favorites uh substantial favorites would you consider by seven or greater there were two and three last week uh they're 13 and nine on the season overall and there were zero outright losses overall there's one only one substantial player was lost. That was Tennessee a couple weeks ago to Jacksonville. This week, 14 games. We now have buys, and there is five home favorites. A, a big time, eight home dogs. Mm-hmm. And there's one, uh, another shitty London game. Um, I think it's London still. Um, it's, a, it's a terrible game. It's Jacksonville, Miami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we have four substantial favorites. Uh, TB12, a weekly routine. Now he is in there. The Colts against Houston, uh, Rams against the Giants, and then uh, KC still in that category. I don't know about they should be, but yeah, they probably should. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're laying seven to the to the. Oh, sorry, I was going to say Redskins. Wow, almost said it. Almost said it. Uh, the Washington Football Team. So, Doctor, uh, where are we starting out with in Week Six? All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get right to it and let's go to uh, the Norris division. Um, Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago's plus four and a half. Um, I've been wrong about Chicago the last two weeks. I bet against them uh, for the Lions and uh, the Raiders. I will not be wrong a third time. Uh, maybe it's you know third times charm kind of situation. Um, you know. Last week was the you mentioned it the take your chance against AR12 game happens probably like twice a season where you might want to think about it uh, and they had that big field goal fiasco that uh, made it interesting and it is a push but multiple chances there for a win against uh, against AR12 doesn't happen often uh, not going to happen this week so this week we're back to betting on AR12 that'll be uh, big for some of the listeners for this um, or Packer fans. Uh, and we're going against the Bears for the third week in a row. They're not going to do me wrong three weeks in a row as a loser. Um, look, AR12 owns this division. Uh, since 2010, he's got seven division titles. 
Uh, he's 19 and three in his last 22 games against divisional opponents. So we might as well just chalk that up, make it 20 and three, and we're continuing on the path for the eighth division title since 2010. Uh, hey, Bears had had a nice win last week, but look, they only put up 250 yards in, uh, in total offense and only 111 through the air. So Justin Fields, it's a nice story. Uh, it may have been good enough when they were playing against Start the Car, who's, who's been impressive uh, lately. But, you know, this is AR-12, and it's a whole other level. So, um, you know, Green Bay's D is actually pretty good against the run. They're ranked 11th in yards per game. So be able to focus on fields in the pass and make it more difficult for them to pass. They can apply more pressure. And that, that bolds well. So setting up for, for GB minus four and a half. Uh, lastly, since Nagy has taken over uh, in Chicago, Rodgers is five and one with a touchdown inter- interception ratio of 13 to one. And of those games, four of them were won by uh, more than seven points and one by more than 16, all greater than the four and a half that's being laid here. So AR-12 is back on, on my board and probably will be for the rest of the season, uh, at least when we <laughs> against them. So there we are. There's game one. Um, okay, that's uh, my first game as well, and mm. uh, I am on uh, the Packers again. I, like we uh, talked about last week, you know, we were both kind of on different sides, but I I understood the hey, if there's a week to maybe go against them, like basically the top you know seven or eight teams in the league, even the best teams are going to lose three to four games, right? And probably going to be on the road, so it's understandable that yeah, they're gonna. You're gonna stumble one week, and maybe last was the week. And I thought actually, as soon as Crosby missed the field goal with about I think under two minutes to go, and it went back to Cincinnati, I thought, oh, I thought that was this, it. This, this is the week. That was, the, guys. That was the gambling guys. Yeah, right. Right. This is yeah. this is this is the week. Uh, they're, they're not only are they gonna cover, they're gonna lose. And um, um, no, there were four more missed field goals after that. Right. <laughs> right. And then it just turned complete pandemonium. So um, that, I think they kind of, I think they're kind of playing with house money now. They, they kind of got away with something where there was, that was the week where they lose. And I think uh, I, I agree with everything you said. I'll just add that um, since 2010, the last 10 games at Chicago for Aaron Rodgers, he's nine and one. And there's only one win in those nine. That was less than five points. So yeah. He owns this uh, division, as you said. He owns this team. So, yeah, uh, Packers minus four and a half. I'm with you. I like it. Okay, well, we're tied right now, so we're still going to be tied no matter what for that game. All right, easy enough. Uh, I'll go into my second one here. Uh, Houston at Indianapolis. Indianapolis uh, laying nine and a half. Uh, This one's pretty simple to me. Um, Indianapolis must-win situation to keep the season together and you hope alive there. And Houston, for now, and probably the remainder of the season, is kind of in like a no-win situation. They get nothing out of anything. They're just not good, and they're not going to be good. Um, you know, Indy's still quality team in need of this win. I think if they can get something going this game, which they will, it's going to be one of those moments where it's like, put on the gas, we're not going to stop. Um, you know, run it up term leave no doubt type of deal because they just need to get that momentum going um look, the colts they were competitive against the titans uh they beat and covered the dolphins and then obviously monday night was monday night uh when should have beat the rift should have beat it right right wentz and taylor put up some numbers that should have been a win for them uh, so i expect them to keep building off of that uh, especially against the uh sixth worst scoring defense in the league allowing 28.2 points per game 
Uh, that's just one of many stats where uh, the Texans are the bottom part of the league defensively. So good opportunity for Wentz to lead this team and keep improving on offense. Um, as I was doing research for this game, I kept being this narrative about the Texans being competitive in games. That's not true. So, yeah, that's just not true. I mean, outside the Jags win, um, the Texans have uh, only kept one of its four losses inside of 10 points, and that was last week against the Pats, where they blew a 13-point lead. So they played like right. a half of football and then got blown out in the second half, basically, if I'm looking at it that way. So I'm not sure that's how competitive, but a number of sources were saying that. It was, it was ridiculous. Anyway, Colts, minus nine and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of... You know, I got burnt on the Texans last week. I, I think I picked them in a week where they actually kind of put something together for a half, like you said, and it was enough to cover the game. Um, but I, I agree that um, unless they get a kind of a, a nice start like that, uh, it's just going to go sideways for them. So I, I, I like that there. I'm going to go with another big favorite myself. Um, the Rams are four and one to start, coming off a long layoff with that Thursday night football game last week win over Seattle. And in terms of the Giants, I, the reason I'm kind of leaning this way is because I think maybe a week or two ago, they were on the road at the Saints getting seven points. And I thought, God, it seems like a pretty big number just because I feel like with Saquon healthy and pretty good depth at receiver, nice playmakers, I feel like in a lot of weeks they're going to be able to score enough just to keep games close, even against teams that are better. But now... Obviously, Saquon again out. Uh, Kenny Galladay now out. Uh, Daniel Jones banged up. I think he's going to play, but uh, you know, probably, probably, definitely not 100%. So now I'm kind of going the ceiling on this offense that I thought would kind of keep them in games or help them maybe even win some games. I think it's just but, taken away now. Yeah, makes sense. Like I, I looked at that game. I didn't want to do the research on the injury report on Wednesday. I, it, was, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was so important. There's so many big guys out. I, I didn't want to take the time to like look at it because it's only Wednesday. There it is, the siren. Anyway, didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. Good, good, good Downtown life. Yeah, um, so, and look, on the other side, look, Rams, this is this is a factor as the season goes on. They're one of the healthiest teams in football. Um, no no major injury to any starters outside of you know Cam Akers preseason, but that's, that's preseason stuff. They, they knew that going into the season. And look, their four wins have been in it by an average of ten and a half points. So, I just don't don't let that number scare you. I know it seems big, but I think the Rams get to thirty in this game. I don't think the Giants get to twenty. So, um, I'm com- I'm comfortable laying the ten. And I'm going Rams minus ten. All right. Well, CDS, big that, continued continued MVP run for you. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for me. All right, moving on to game three here for me. Um, I'm going a little easy button here. I don't know if you consider it easy anymore, but I'm considering this one easy. Uh, Kansas City at Washington. Uh, Washington plus seven. Uh, I'm going uh, KC minus the seven. Look, you've been talking about the KC de-stinking. I think that's probably true. Um, and, you know, overall, even the offense hasn't been that good. But I don't consider the Washington football team a group that's going to really expose the defense or make it hard on the Kansas City defense, no matter how bad they are. I just don't have the weapons to do it. Also, look, I, I like when when I consider great teams, and, and I think this is still a great team. We're going we're gonna to find out here in the next few weeks. 
uh, yeah. when they're down like this, and you got a line like this, because if if they get it if they get it rolling, um, you know, I said run it up in the last one with with Colts, but that's kind of a little bit of jest. But this one's serious. Like if they get it rolling, they're not going to stop, right? They lost last week. They haven't been great. If they get it going, Mahomes and the crew, they're just going to keep scoring points because they want to feel good. So I see a huge bounce back week here for KC all around. Uh, absolute blowout city in this one. KC uh, minus the seven. Yeah. Um, I stayed away from it, but I wouldn't, if I had to pick the game, I wouldn't go Washington. But I want to make a point about KC. This is what's happened to them. Um, and it's what happened to, to a, another Super Bowl winning team. Uh, on the NFC side, they are now turning into the AFC version, a slightly better version, but it's the same thing of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they have all their money tied up in Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and every other area of their team is depleted or very thin. And so what what's happening now is just like Russell Wilson, it's, hey, you and DK and Tyler Lockett, you guys got to go put up 35 points or else we're going to lose this week. And even then, we still might be in a dogfight. Yeah. So so that is, this is going to be the way they are for, I, I mean, I think for the foreseeable future. So that that's what it is now. And if they have a bad game, like they did against a good team with the Bills, oh, they're just, they're not only going to lose, they're going to get worked out. So um, that's what it is. They covered a few weeks ago against Philly, but they had to get in the 40s to do it. So that's what this is now. They are the, they are the AFC Seahawks. That's a great. That's a great call. Um, good, good comparison there. It's 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 fair. I mean, let's give them some time. Let's let's see how things come together. Yeah. I think I, I think Seattle's proven that out themselves over a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, let's let's let KC. But it's a great great narrative to start. Yeah, I, and I think it's I think they're a slightly better version of it. But still, um, I mean, now that they lost uh, Clyde edwards helaire not that he was lighting the world on fire, but he's their best back, and it's just like it's just going to be Mahomes has to be really good every week like if he has a bad game they lose yeah. so um all right well he's no, not I, this week just so you know he's not gonna happen this week but probably not that something something's up with that washington d too I, I just again they just uh 33 to the to james winston the crab legs i whatever um <laughs> giving it giving up a hail mary too it's just like oh my god uh all right uh my third game i'll tell you right now doctor the Cowboys, they've entered the Super Bowl chat. Ooh. Four straight Ws after their opening week loss at Tampa, where it was they were actually surprisingly competitive. Last three games, point totals, 41, 36, and 44. Dak playing better than ever. His quarterback rating is a solid 18 points above where it's been in his average for his career. Um, he's just... It's everything about him is, is clicking with all the receivers, you know, CD Lamb. They got all these weapons. And then I also Pollard and Zeke now, this one two punch out of the backfield, yeah. ranking second in rushing in uh, the league. And then Run D, this is the surprise. Run D ranking fifth. So um, this is kind of, you know, we how we view, let's say, the pack. You know, we view them, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender, right? There, there's like five teams in the NFC right now where one's going to the Super Bowl. It's, it's the Pack, it's Tampa, it's LA, and it's Arizona. And I think Cowboys have joined that Number group. Five. All right. I, and I think when I see like when I see Green Bay minus less than a touchdown, I just go, you know what? Um, 
I'm going to do that. And on the, on the New England side too, uh, you know, they're they're not a bad team. I would say they're probably average, but you know, rankings wise, like they were supposed to be a good running team. That was kind of the narrative. They're going to you know run the ball and, and try to take pressure off Mac Jones. They're 27th in rushing the league right now. It hasn't been working. Uh, they're 15th against the run, you know, in the middle of the pack. So I, I just, I feel like right now in this game, it's a lot to put on Mac Jones to kind of keep pace with this offense, who I, I, I really don't think is going to get stopped by New England. Um, this isn't the same New England. There's no step on Gilmore in the secondary anymore. So um, I'm very comfortable laying less than a touchdown with the Cowboys. I think they continue to stay red hot, arguably the hottest team in the league. So um, I know it's a public play, but hey, Joe Public is right 40% of the time. So I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm taking I feel like this is like I'm taking the Packers against the Bears. I feel like it's the same thing. Boys minus four. Well, yeah, it's uh, you know it's great to see for Dak going off the injury. He he has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been great for my fantasy team. Uh, hopefully that continues. Science. Good for, for your another, fantasy team. Another title in our league. <laughs> another one. Um, do you have one, by the way? Just real quick. I can't. I don't remember. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. I guess he'd remember if you got one. All right. Moving on to pick four. Uh, here we go. We got the cards at the Browns. The Browns lay in three. So that number, the Browns lay in three. Um, Initially caught me off guard. Um, I think maybe favored by one, which is kind of rare, but I just it, it it just bounced out to me in a weird way. Sure. Um, I think it'll look good to the public going the other way. Uh, it's too early in the week to tell at this point. It's only Wednesday. Uh, but as I get to thinking about it, it's starting to make sense to me. So um, look, let's start with the Cardinals. They were they moved five and zero last week uh, with the win over the Niners. They covered the five in the desert as predicted by the doctor, uh, but it wasn't pretty, all right? It was not no. pretty. Uh, and now they have to travel east. They have to play a Browns team coming off an explosive offense performance, but took the L against the Chargers. Um, so aside from the travel distance being a challenge, cards rank 31st in yards per attempt rushing and 28th in yards per game. Um, and now I have to face the league's best rushing team. So. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a theme not only for this game, but the next game. I think this is an opportunity for the Browns to control tempo. And obviously the Browns can score points, right? They can score quick if they need to. They can also go slow, run the ball, eat you alive, all, all that stuff. Um, you know, They are number two in time per drive, which maybe by design may not be, but they can control the ball, which when you're playing teams that want to score a lot of points, like the Cardinals do, I think they're like third in points per game. Good to have you know, a big play and then, you know, slow down with the run, all that stuff. So, um, you know, on top of being able to dominate on the ground and feel tempo, the Browns defense ranks fifth in um, yards per play. So that's a plus this week for them. So I see the Browns a big advantage when they have the ball and at least neutral when you know, Cardinals offense is good. So at least neutral on D this week. So I'm going the Browns minus three, which like I said, looked a little awkward at first, but as I thought about it or researched it more, I think it's a good play. Don't take the bait on the other side. Yeah, I I looked at this game too, and I was expecting maybe like a maybe a Browns minus like one let's say. Yeah, but um, and uh, I I think it's fair, and also you know again this is a play where um, you know Arizona's undefeated, right? They're not gonna they're gonna lose three to four games, maybe even five. Like <laughs> you gotta pick your spot. So you know 
West Coast, heading to East or, or mid, sorry, Midwest. Um, you think this is this is a spot where they could drop one? And I think the matchup mismatch you talked about with the rushing game versus the poor rushing D, I think is a huge mismatch. Probably the biggest um, discrepancy in this game that you would target. So. I think it. I think it's okay. I would go Cleveland as well on this side, and uh, I would. I would lay the points. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm with you there. And just to add too, like people. I think you mentioned some of these. Some of these stats, but Cleveland's defense is ranked two against the run, and 11 in scoring defense. Like I don't think people think yeah, about that right. a lot. Right. So um, even even so you said scoring defense 11, and they gave up what 40 was it 42 last week? Yeah, 40, yeah, 40, whatever it was. Se- 47, 47. You're right, 47. Yeah, you know, 47 is still, and that over five games, a 47 means a lot, right? You give them a 47, <laughs> yeah. that's a big deal. So yeah, their their D is their D is is good. So yeah, and and, and also just a just a little um, caveat there too. They put up, I think, close to 200 yards rushing last week. They didn't have either starting tackle, so I, I didn't this, know that. That's amazing. <laughs> this this rushing game and this offensive line is legit, and they're going to be a problem for everyone they play, including Arizona. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Cleveland. And, um, kind of going to kind of a, a similar game. My next pick here, not not a similar game, but kind of a the the West to East Coast uh, early matchup here it is uh san diego at baltimore baltimore's minus three and doctor sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do now i have been consistently just laying into baltimore as a complete fraud this year they're four and one if you look within the context of their wins they could easily be one and four and that's not hyperbole we all know yep. what happened with the Chiefs on, on, I think it was a Sunday night game. They were down 11 without the ball at the end of the third quarter. It took three like horrible turnovers by Kansas City to actually win that game. And then we talk about the Lions. That's I mean, we all know that you game-winning field or record-setting field goal. It cheated. They cheated. They cheated their way. Right. Delay a game. I mean, like, completely ridiculous. Never had no business winning that game. And then again on Monday night, down big at home to the Colts. I mean, they were they were, they were down huge, and it took this like, you know, Herculean effort by Lamar Jackson. Again, great performance. Great, yeah, well done. Great performance. Give him credit, but it's like I feel like this four and one record. The only game they really controlled was the win at Denver. They won twenty three seven. That's really the only game, the only win where they were like in control up most of the time. So I feel like this whole four and one record is is a mirage and. I don't trust it. And on the other side, San Diego, they've just been impressive all over the place in almost every game. They're, I believe, also 4-1. and Only loss coming against the Cowboys at home. But overall, their resume, just much, much better. It looks like a totally legit offense. And I'm like, I, I, do I want three points in this game? Well, apparently, Doctor, apparently, not only do I believe that, planet Earth believes that. So far... <laughs> Because I was looking at this going, how, I just don't believe this Baltimore team. So far, I took, I checked out Vegas Insider and Action Network. Percentage of bets split on one platform was 87 to 13. On the other one, it was 90 to 10. Wow. It's the biggest ones in favor of the Chargers. And so when everyone thinks the same thing, 
it never happens. And as much yeah. as I don't like Baltimore, um, it's the it's the uh, the old West Coast to East Coast 1 p.m. early game trap of the week. And uh, I and again, Baltimore coming off a short week too. It's like yeah, they're not gonna lose them. I'm going Baltimore minus the three, and just to add like a, a maybe a last convincer, something that actually makes sense. Um, Baltimore fourth rushing offense in the league that has a lot to do with Lamar Jackson, obviously, but he's been incredible. Chargers against the run, DFL. So there you go. Oh shit, DFL, DFL. Huh. Good pass rush, just they just not good against the run. Well, I know it's only Wednesday, so that that public number might shift, but that's a. It's that's pretty, it's, but that's you can one. tell pe- people are already jumping this. Like you're going like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. It makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Um, game number five for me: uh, Buffalo at Tennessee. Tennessee plus five and a half. Um, so look, the Bills' offense been on fire um, past couple weeks. Uh, the doctor has used that to get a couple of much needed wins. Um, to do that oh, in week, I think, three and, and last week. But I believe the Bills are in for battle this week. Uh, this is somewhat similar to the game I just laid out with Arizona and Cleveland, a little bit about tempo here. Um, the Bills defense has built some strong rushing stats in five games. But that is against... Opponents. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I know you play who's in front of you, so that's fair. But yeah. look, it's three of the worst rushing off five rushing offenses in the league uh uh pit in miami and um oh shit i just lost the third but whatever pit miami are the bottom two um and those same three teams are um bottom three in scoring so i mean you just look at that defensive stats you kind of question it like are they really that good oh but but in houston houston was the other one Sorry, you're right. There you go, the Texans. Thank you. Um, and, and so, so we'll we'll find out. But at this point, I'm not ready to buy into that defense. Um, so you know, you, you'll look at it this week, and they're basically facing the second best running offense in the league, next to Cleveland, who we just talked about. Also, tenth in scoring, third in time of possession, paying the same narrative of a team that can play fast and slow. Um, and and keep up with the team um, like like the Bills. Um, you know the Bills are coming off also a big win against the Chiefs, so hope maybe a little emotional letdown here. Um, they normally score on 52% of their drives, so I'm gonna go with the Tennessee defense reducing that percentage of scoring with good defense, and then also reducing the number of drives uh, with their offense and time possession and focusing on slowing down this game. Um, and uh, doing enough to cover the spread through that. So uh, I'm going Tennessee plus uh, five and a half. It, it, look, I think this is a little bit of opportunity for the Bills here. If they happen to make this happen, they could be gambling purposes a little bit like Kansas City over the last few years, even peak AR-12, where yeah. if they cover this week, I may just stay away from them, or I'm only going with them. Like that's kind of where they're at. Cause they're that good, but I think this is the week that kind of puts them back in check as a great NFL team, but not necessarily one of those ones that just you go blindly with, right? Or like the San Francisco 49ers in the late '80s, early '90s, right? You just always bet bet with them. Not, I, I don't think they're there yet, so that's why I like Tennessee here too. Okay, and I, I you know, I, I like all the things you said. I, I, I don't, I stayed away from this game just because. I am officially kind of scared of Buffalo um, after that 
Uh, you're scared. scared. So you're scared. And you're scared. Uh, and you're scared. Exactly. And um, I, yeah, I mean, look, I feel like in terms of AFC teams, if you rank the top three, it's it's Buffalo, right? Chargers and Kansas City. Like right. I, so I mean, I think Buffalo, obviously, after that game last week, I mean, it's, I think that clear number one. I think I don't know if you. I, I could be reading way too much into this. There's some more motorcycles going by, I think. Okay, good. Um, I just felt like there was a lot more of a kind of an edge they played with than KC. I just felt like KC's just coming out and, and trying to think and they can kind of just throw more 60-yard passes and, and Buffalo just took it to them. I mean, it was, it was, it was a blowout. You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't like it was this hard-fought... But I mean, this game was over like in the third quarter. You could tell like this Kansas City does not win this game. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, it was it, it, it wasn't really competitive, and the no. Bills established themselves as the leader in the AFC right now. That that's what they've done. So we'll see if it um, you know, maintains over the next few weeks. Obviously, I don't think. I'm not going to say whether they're going to win or lose the game. I don't think they're going to cover the five and a half at this point. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll go to my last game here. And this is all for you. Um, oh, hopefully it's the Lions. Sometimes, sometimes you look at these games, you know, you have to take different angles and you figure out like what, you know, what, what do I like here? What, why would I pick this team or that team? And sometimes it's just, it's a simple, this is a quarterback league and you just, doesn't matter where they're playing, what time, blah, 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 this and that, traveling. You just pick the team with the better quarterbacks. And that is why I am taking Geno Smith plus five points with the Seahawks against what's left of Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So- I'm, not, I'm not surprised by this. <laughs> Listeners may know this from the They may or may not know this. I, I think you talk, talk some shit about Ben on here, but... I get regular texts about how bad Ben is, so this is not this is not <laughs> shocking. What if what if it's Blake Bortles? Did they sign him or not? Uh, I, I, they, I they worked him that. out. They worked him out. But. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have no idea. You just got to you just got to take the better quarterback. You just got to take the better quarterback. That that is exactly why you did that. Well done. Well done. <laughs> That's it. So, is that the analysis? No, no, no. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I, honestly, okay, it's 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 hysterical that. They're laying five to eight. Literally, the only reason Seattle is worth a damn, like we talked about, they're, the Chiefs are now the Seattle AFC of, of the AFC. AFC uh, Seattle only has value because of Russell Wilson, like because they can put up 35 points almost against everyone because of him. So now he's gone um, in Pittsburgh, laying a measly five. Come on. I mean, this is All too right. easy. This is too easy. So it's Gino. Gino, the five points. Um, it, it's like one of those things where you go like, well, this is the get right game for Pittsburgh against this horrible defense, right? But, you know, it works both ways, guys. This is, it's the get right game for the Seattle defense against this horrible quarterback. They're going to eat him alive. So it, it's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait for Sunday night. You know, Petey's going to be on the sidelines chopping that gum. He's going to be telling <laughs> everyone they don't believe in you. They think you're done. They think you suck because Russell's not here. He's going to get all fired up. It's going to be so great. So I can't wait. I like it. I like it. 
any other any other topics for tonight? Anything else happened over the past week or so? Any other I mean, NFL news? Not that I can think of. Okay, <laughs> I guess there's nothing out there, yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess there, there may have been a, um, a legendary head coach got fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not good. All right, we don't, we don't need to discuss that, do we? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. All right. I don't think so. It was an interesting. It was an interesting week. That it, it was. Urban's excited. There was a lot. There were a lot. There were a lot of memes going around about that. Like, thank you. Very excited. By, by the way, I'll I tell you, Coach Gruden. I didn't include the picks, but I say Jacksonville gets gets the win in London or wherever they're playing. Not a chance. No. <laughs> I actually thought about putting uh, putting Miami on my list, but um, I think two 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 of my play. Yeah. It doesn't matter either way. Jacksonville's not winning games. Not happening. Okay. Is, well, uh, not, sorry, not this week. Not this week. Talk, talk is coming. Hopefully, talk's coming. Talk's coming. Is, we can. is he coming? Well, He's we're going to we're going to be together. Uh, we'll, we'll see it in person in uh, the great state of Tennessee. We'll be in Nashville. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is the uh, is that Tennessee? Not that it matters because we're not going to be in um, Knoxville. But is that Tennessee Ole Miss game at Tennessee? You know, um, that is at, it's this week, right? Yeah, that's at Tennessee, I think. Yeah, that's right. But, but, okay, that's good. All right. Well, not too far away. The over-under that game, the over that game is 80 points, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, by the way, what an electric week last week in college football. That was probably the best Saturday in, I, that, that I can remember in recent time. I yeah, I, time I, about it, but it was it was that good. There were seven or eight games that were, were well worth talking about. Yeah, I think the cap off to like the nightcap of Alabama getting knocked off was insane. Like I was right. just like, this is really happening. I guess I guess the honestly like uh, because their quarterback got hurt early on. Like it's been a very mediocre A and M team. Like that was just so. I just was like, this can't be happening. Uh, but well, and, and, and even you know, bigger pump up for the A and M team. There were a number of times where there were probably three plays in that game where it's like, okay. All right, Bama's going to go Bama. Oh, they did. Whether it was, you know, blocked the punt for the touchdown or they scored, I think, on a big play in the third, late third, early fourth. Like, okay, that's going to be it. Like, it's over. A&M just kept answering, answering, answering. Good for them. And, and obviously got the win. So, I don't know if they're going to do anything with it as far as it matters for the big picture. But, you know, great win for those guys. Unbelievable, an unbelievable win for Jimbo Fisher. I mean, he needed a win like that to kind of, like, you know, be like, yeah, this is why you're paying me $8 million a year, whatever he gets paid. Like, <laughs> So uh, he needed something like that. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. But, um, yeah, should be a fun weekend. Um, you know, good luck to everyone out there. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right, Bob, have a good night. Okay, episode 60 in the books. Good luck out there, whether it's gambling, fantasy, just watching, just having a good time. Just nice to have it all back, like back, back, isn't it? So thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.